And the second thing I have them do is to purposefully create new things that we believe about ourselves. So at the end of the night, write down five to 10 things that they did good that day as a mm -hmm. mom, right? And this could sound like I snuggled with my kids. I figured out dinner, right? Yeah. Instead of I, I, I ordered pizza again, mm -hmm. it's I figured out dinner and the kids were happy. I apologized after I yelled. So you're thinking of more ways, creating some evidence that shows that I, I got this. I'm actually doing a decent job. Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to Mom to Mom, the podcast. So glad you're here today, especially if you are the type of person that feels like you are a pot on the stove that is just about to boil over. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or is that just me? I know it's you too. Anyone who is a parent understands that feeling of just about to flip your lid. And in some occasions, we do flip our lid. And in my instance, I feel instantly bad about it after, and then I lose sleep over it. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the way we behave around our partner and around our children and kind of getting a handle on all of that with an expert. One of the things we talk about so much on mom to mom is overwhelm. I feel like that is a common thread in the parenting space that we are just constantly overwhelmed. Therefore, we are always on the verge of exploding. So my guest today is a certified mom coach, and her name is Stephanie Rosenfield, and she really specializes in how to hone in on this and, and helping moms keep their cool because you are not alone in that feeling whatsoever. I'm here to tell you it happens to me all the time, and Stephanie will tell you it happens with all of her moms as well. So she's going to help move us from a place of exhaustion and burnout and annoyance to a place of joy and calm and happiness. And I know that sounds like a tough order, but she does have some practical tips that we can use in our day-to-day -day life to really find the joy in parenting. So today we're going to dive into her story and how she wound up becoming a certified mom coach, actually turned a tragedy into a, a different career path, and, and then just how to find enjoyment in all the little corners of parenting with her practical tips, including one of my favorites, which she calls the Ferris Bueller Freeze. And I will tell you, I have already implemented this in my day-to-day, -day, and it's going great. All right, so here is my conversation with Stephanie Rosenfield. So let's start with what a mom coach is. You are a certified mom yes. coach. What exactly yes. does that mean? And how do you find yourself getting into that line of yeah. work? So I think you described it really well. I describe myself as your non-judgmental, compassionate best friend who like happens to have the tools to help you not lose it. Yeah. And sometimes like I really don't love the term mom coach because it implies I have it all together and I don't. Like, Which just, of course right? nobody does. <laughs> I know I fall into that sometimes too. I, I'll be a guest on a podcast or something and they're like, we have a parenting expert. And I say right off the top, oh, no, no, let's get this straight. There is no such thing as an expert in this. Yes. We're all just finding our way. But you're helping people and you have yes. the tools to help them do that. Yes, yes. So essentially, I started out my career as a speech therapist. And what I did was I was going into families' homes and I was helping kids. And what I noticed at that time was that the parents, especially the moms, were overwhelmed, not getting the help, and really stressed out. Yeah. So fast forward to me becoming a mom a couple years later, and I thought with my background in early childhood development, I was like, I got this. I'm going to be <laughs> the best mom ever. Right? Yeah. Like, I got this. And what I noticed really quickly was that, like, I knew nothing. 
I was overwhelmed. I was losing it at my husband over things I never cared about, like mm. dirty dishes. Mm -hmm. I was angry at my toddler over him wanting like a blue plate over a red plate, which we all can probably relate to yes. sometimes. And unfortunately around that time, we also experienced a really tragic passing in our family. And that was my wake up call. I recognized like, what do I want to do here? Do I want to continue just being overwhelmed and anxious and frustrated taking it out on my family? Yeah. Or do I want to do something about it and change? So I did what most people do when you don't know is Google. It was <laughs> 2 a.m. Help, <laughs> help me. My husband was sleeping next to me and I Googled how to be happier. Wow. And I came up with all of these things which led me to my first life coach. And I had no idea what coaching was before that. I had done therapy, I had read books, but coaching quickly helped me shift things. I was a happier mom, I was having more fun, I was present, and I didn't even realize that I wasn't present before. Mm -hmm. I was connecting with my husband more, less resentful, and I recognized this was a secret that I couldn't keep. It's sort of like your cookbook, you wanna share it with the world. We can't gatekeep. No. Once we have some little tricks, we yes. share them with everybody. Yeah, so yeah. I wanted to share this with all the moms that I knew, the moms that I didn't know, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I pair my background in early childhood development with the coaching tools that I learned to help moms feel happier and less overwhelmed in momming. Well, I feel like you're talking about the secret sauce that I really want to find because yeah. this childhood, it goes by so fast yeah. and we don't want to miss any of it, but yet we are overwhelmed yeah. all the time. And I do find myself losing my temper and then I do find myself yelling and then I instantly regret it. We've yeah. talked about this before. I mean, we want an A plus every night in the mom category. Everything else kind of is, doesn't matter as much as this. We put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. So it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get that A plus. So we always feel like we're failing right. as moms. I right. feel like that's probably something you hear a lot. It is. One of the things that moms come to me and the first thing I hear is that I don't want to look back in 10 to 12 years and regret how I parented. Yeah. And it's so relatable. And I teach moms a four-step process that I can cram in quickly for everyone on how to decrease yelling. But I really want to start with saying that, to your point, it's never going to be zero. Yeah. Myself, any of the people that you follow on Instagram, it's never going to be a time where... That doesn't happen where you don't regret something that you did or the way that you reacted. So yeah. that's really important. But there are ways to decrease. And I like to say be more control of yourself. That would be nice. Yes. <laughs> How are we more in control of ourselves? I think when we feel in control of anything, things move to a calmer right feel calmer. For example, the house, you know, the new year, I always try to get things like really organized. And when the house is organized, I feel calmer. So is there a way to physically yeah. feel calmer so as a parent? I'll bring you through my four-step process okay. and I'll quickly outline the four steps and I'll bring everyone through an example. Okay. Okay. So the first step is what I call the Ferris Bueller freeze and I'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> the second step is feel. The third step is diffuse and the fourth step is decide. Okay. So let's picture this. It's free. Yes. Yes. I'm writing it down. You're writing it down. <laughs> Freeze, feel, diffuse, decide. Okay. So let's imagine it's, I don't know what your house is like on a morning when you need to get out the door and everyone needs to get to mm -hmm. school. I describe it as, um, you know, on Home Alone, right before they're about to go to Paris, my house feels like that every day. 
when we're trying to leave the house. That's how it feels. Carry on. I can totally see that image, you know, and I want everyone to picture that right chaos. now. Right? Okay. okay. So let's say you're in that chaos. Kids aren't listening. No one's eating breakfast. Lunches need to be packed. All the things. Yeah. The first step is what I call the Ferris Bueller freeze. And have you seen Ferris Bueller? Of course. Of course. You know how when he talks to the camera, yeah. everything around him freezes? Yes. That's what I want you to do in that moment, the home alone moment, you freeze. And this means like the chaos around you can still happen mm -hmm. and it's only for a split second. Mm -hmm. It's just creating this pause between the event, the trigger and your reaction, which may be to yell. Yeah. And you create that Ferris Bueller freeze where you pause, which brings you to step two, which is feel. Okay. Have you ever stubbed your toe? Uh -huh. and you like fall to the ground uh -huh. and you, yeah, yeah, you're clenching it. In yeah. that moment, you probably can bring yourself there. Your body is feeling intense emotion, which is why you yell, because you react to that yeah. intense emotion. So imagine that you stubbed your toe, except you're saying out loud how you feel. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. You can say it out loud, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can say it in your head. But either way, you're really modeling to your kids what you want them to do mm -hmm. in that moment. So you say, or you say it to yourself or out loud, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm laughing because my thing is, I'm overstimulated, I'm overstimulated, and I just say it out loud. And I think, especially my daughter who's a little bit older is like, uh-oh, like we need to behave now because my mom is overstimulated, like she's gonna flip, she's gonna flip. I love that. So then we should go to step three, which is diffuse. And you can imagine a diffuser with the air uh -huh. coming out. So that's what you're seeking in that moment is like to diffuse yourself a little bit so that you can feel more in control. Yeah. So you say how you're feeling. I'm overstimulated and you diffuse, which essentially means say something different to yourself. Your mind is probably running rampant with all the things. These kids are nutty. I am going to be late. No one ever listens to me. It's so chaotic, right? Yeah. You're repeating that inner dialogue to yourself. Yeah. So when you say something different to yourself, it's saying something that has to be believable, not this is awesome. <laughs> like, I love this. It Liar. Can, right? You can't gaslight yourself. But something like I can cope with this. So many other moms are dealing with this same thing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure it out. Nothing is wrong here. I, I got this. Yeah. So it's just saying something slightly different to yourself. And then you'll already feel like you already feel more diffused just by doing the steps one through three. Talking yourself down. Yeah. Like you talk to your child almost. Yeah. So to bring them down to a, a calmer place. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then you go to decide, which is essentially what you're saying, where when I'm in control, I can decide what I want to do here. So you have an option of, do I need to ask for help? Is there someone, husband, partner, is there someone I need to ask, hey, can you do the lunches? Mm -hmm. Can you help me here? Do I need to remove myself from this space right now? Yes. Yeah, I've done that. That's one of my favorite ones too. Yeah. And you can even, if your kids are old enough, let them know, I'm gonna take a break for a minute, I'm gonna calm my body down, yeah. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, because it's a great example to model for them as well. Yeah. And also I would add just even knowing your triggers, like I'm starting to become, I think just since I've been saying out loud, like overstimulated, I'm starting to become aware of my triggers. Yeah. And a lot of it is around dinner time. It's when everyone's hangry. Mm -hmm. It's when the vent fan is on and the music's playing and the kids have their toys going and there's a device. It's too many noises for me. Yeah. And I know noises like put me over the edge. Right. So I try to diffuse the situation before it even starts. If I see like a lot of activity in the noise department, I'm like, okay, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> Let's not let that happen. I love that you know that about yourself. We're, we're learning. We're all learning as we go here. 
Hey, listeners, wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our Hub Today newsletter. You can find it in your inbox each week. It's called The Hubbub, and it's our weekly update on all the latest hotspots in Boston, beauty and fashion trends, our celebrity interviews, and oh, so much more. So head to NBC10Boston.com slash newsletters, drop your email, and you'll see it there. You are really on the front lines with moms because you are a mom coach. You sit down with women all the time and you hear about what they're struggling with. So what are some of the main things that you guys are working on? Yeah, one of the main things I hear is this negative self-talk or lack of self-confidence that a lot of moms have. In general or as a parent? I think it's start I think it's in general, but then once they have kids, once you have kids, yeah. it really magnifies it and sort of expands it because it's not just about you anymore. Mm. It's opinions that, that translate to your kids too. And you lose yourself. Like there's yeah. so much that happens at that time. Yeah. So we aren't necessarily the confident people that we went into motherhood with. Right. And yeah. there's some crazy statistic that 75 to 80% of thoughts that someone has daily are negative. So you can imagine if someone's recording, my, you know, a mom who comes to me or even yours or mine, our inner dialogues and then plays it back to us on a tape recorder. I, would it sound like that you're speaking to like a friend or your worst enemy? And yeah. I think for a lot of the moms when they first come to me, their opinions of themselves as a parent and how they're doing are really negative. Well, like we were saying before, it's because the stakes are so high. We score ourselves so poorly because we want to be so good at this. And we were talking before, we both went to Syracuse. Yeah. We're both type A and like so many other moms, you just want to be so perfect at this right. and there is no such thing. Yeah, yes. And I compared to these thoughts as to a waterfall. So you can imagine what you're automatically thinking is so fast and so furious that we need to create a different a new river, a new waterfall of more positive or, or neutral or things that we like about ourselves as a parent. So how do you coach people into doing that? Yeah. Because that is a total reframe. It is a really big reframe. I have two ways to do that. The first is imagine that you're talking to a friend, right? Your friend came to you and said, I was late for work today. I screamed at the kids and then I got home and dinner burned in the oven and I ordered pizza and I'm failing. Yeah. What would you, would you be like, yeah, you are? Yeah. What would you yeah. say? Yeah, it's fine. You're doing good, mom. Right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's so hard for us to extend that to ourselves. Yeah. So the first thing that I have moms do is have them talk about the event and ask them, what would you say to a friend? Yeah. And then the second thing I have them do is since we do need to work against this 75% is to purposefully create new things that we believe about ourselves. So at the end of the night, write down five to 10 things that they did good that day as a mm -hmm. mom, right? And this could sound like I snuggled with my kids. I figured out dinner, right? Yeah. Instead of I, I, I ordered pizza again, mm -hmm. it's I figured out dinner and the kids were happy. I apologized after I yelled. So you're thinking of more ways, creating some evidence that shows that I, I got this. I'm actually doing a decent job. Yeah, and sometimes, like you said, apologizing after you yell, it really can be a learning experience because life is not sunshine and roses and right. the kids do have to see. And you know, I have turned that around sometimes and behaved poorly with my kids and then sat down, done the revisit yeah. and said, I'm really sorry. I lost my temper and I feel really bad and here's why I did that, but I'm going to work really hard. And then you start seeing them model that behavior yes. when they've made a mistake. So yes. don't avoid the mistake. Like it happens and they're going to make mistakes too. So it's just, 
like doing better the next time. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I have a funny example. A couple of weeks ago, I ordered this like vase for my dining room and it was one of the things I spent a little bit more money on than other yeah. things. And it comes in and I'm so excited. The kids are there. I'm opening it and the whole thing like crashed. It, right. And in that moment, my automatic thoughts were, of course, this of happened. Of course it did. You're yeah. such an idiot. All those things. The one things, thing. The that one I thing. I really wanted. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew, because right, I'm also modeling my talk about myself. We're modeling for our kids. Yeah. So I took a breath and I, I said out loud, that was really frustrating. I wish I didn't happen. That was really expensive and I wish I was more careful, but it's okay. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And just modeling that for them so they can see in a high stakes moment, which may look different for them, how I handle it yeah. can be really powerful. Yeah. And I think we have to give ourselves credit too. We take for granted all the little things that go well with the kids yeah. each day. And then when we lay our head on the pillow, we think, oh, I was really short with my son at bedtime because I was so tired and now he feels bad and now I feel horrible and I'm a bad mom. You forget the 99% of the rest of the day where you got them off to school, you packed their lunch, you were sweet, you gave them hugs and you kept them alive. <laughs> it's that 1% that we tend to focus on. Yeah. But it's that whole self-confidence thing. So if maybe if we use those tools and kind of boost ourselves up, we can feel yeah. better. You're going to do one whole. thing at the end of the night, sort of like you said, before you put your head on the pillow, write down the things, come up with five to 10 things that you did well that day. Yeah. Cause it's very rare. You're going to be like, crushed it. <laughs> totally nailed it. Did great at work. Did great at, at dinner. Did great with the kids. Like it, it just doesn't work like that. Um, I want to talk to you about social media because it's a double-edged sword because I have had many women on the show who have started amazing communities on social media. And I know when I was a new mom and I was going through postpartum, it was wonderful to have this mm -hmm. community on social media. I learned so much. On the other hand, we play the comparison game. Yeah. On the other hand, we see people who are doing these wonderful things with their kids and we can't add up. Um, where are you on social and how do you talk to your, your clients about it? It's, I, it's such an important conversation because it's something that our parents didn't have to deal with. It's a really new territory yeah. and right, you, you can sit down on the couch to relax and all of a sudden you're on Instagram and you're comparing your pantry to somebody else's organized pantry. Oh God. <laughs> the pantries. So fun to watch. Right? And but yeah, yeah, I'll never get there. Your vacation <laughs> to somebody else's and uh, you know, you're down this rabbit hole before you even know it. So it's something that your brain does automatically. You're, you're even in, in real life too. Oh, you know, you're in a group of other moms. Oh, this person's doing ballet and dance or this person's doing soccer and football and your kids don't quite like that. So it can feel, it can feel like you're failing in some way. Yeah. So the first thing I wanna say is it, it's normal and the social media is created to be really addicting. Mm -hmm. It's created to keep you scrolling. Oh yeah. The one thing that I have families, moms, and, and, you know, do together is ask yourself, what do I think? So often we're comparing ourselves to standards of others. It's like mm -hmm. a school of fish. The other fish are just swimming mindlessly towards a shark. Mm -hmm. You need to look around and ask yourself, do I want to be swimming towards this shark too? Mm -hmm. What do I think here? Like at the macro level. Yeah, at the macro, like zooming out. So focused. Okay, yeah. Zooming Zoom out. Zoom out. Zoom out back up. Yeah. What, what are, what do we value? What do I like? What do my kids like? Yeah. Do, why do I want the organized pantry? What am I good at? It's such a simple question, but can really help guide you back to who am I versus who, who am I compared to these other people? Mm -hmm. Am I keeping up?
You know what? Here in New England, we're finally hitting lower temperatures, and it's time to help our community bundle up. Our annual coat drive is now underway, and once again, we have partnered with the nonprofit Cradles to Crayons to help keep kids warm this winter. So if you'd like to donate a new or lightly used coat, you can visit our website, nbc10boston.com slash bundle up to find the closest drop-off location to you. So you have a couple actual practical tips about what we can do with social media. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have moms do and that I do myself is on the weekends, I delete it. Because what I end up ends up happening is I have more free time. The kids are watching TV. We're at a sporting event. There's downtime, yeah. and I'll just automatically go for it. So instead of fighting against that urge because it is so addict, you know, mm-hmm. meant to be addicting, I'll just delete it off my phone and then reinstall it that night or on Monday. And, and that's been so helpful to yes. be able to not even have it to go to. So smart. And, and do you find yourself like going for it? I like, do. Yes. It's like. Ah, it's not there. In the spot, right? But yeah. what's really cool is I'll end up doing something else instead. Mm-hmm. Reading, you know, a news article or opening my Kindle app, which is feels... There's an idea. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, open my Kindle app. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I have moms do, and I do myself, is I unfollow. So things that we think are inspiration, like these clean pantry accounts and other things, mm-hmm. if after we look at them... We're noticing that we don't feel good after. Mm. You get off feeling, uh, yeah. unfollow it. I'll just hit unfollow and I won't even remember that I used to follow right. it. It's just not there anymore. But then it's not gonna populate in your feed anymore, which right. is a good thing. Yes. If it doesn't bring you joy, yeah. yes, it's time to, to let it go. Yeah. So one of the other things I know that a lot of the women talk to you about is just that, that they need help. Yeah. And we've been talking about overwhelm throughout this whole show. Throughout, since the show begun, we've been talking about overwhelm. And one of the ways around that is asking for help. And personally, I know that that's really hard. Um, but we also know that it does take a village. It's so cliche, but it takes a village to raise a family. So right. where do we begin reaching out for help? Yeah, that's such a great question. And you're right. I think as moms, a lot of us believe that I shouldn't have to ask for help. I should be able to do it all. My mom did, or comparing ourselves to people before us. And I think the recognition of asking for help will help me be the parent that I wanna be. It will help me in those tough moments. You can go back to my morning example. Do, when you notice those tough moments at night or in the morning, can you have a conversation with your partner and say, hey, this is what, I could use help with in these areas mm-hmm. for it to make these really tricky times easier. Yeah. So does it need to be within the house, talking to your partner? Does it need to be outside of yeah. the house? Does it, does it need to be asking for more carpools, asking a friend to pick up your kid? And really like breaking up some of the work, yeah. the workload uh, when it comes to parenting and chores. And I find doing that in a calm time, just when you're speak, like speaking to your kids, You've got to speak to your partner too in a calm time, not when your hair's on fire and you're in it. You kind of like take a mental note and then in a calm moment be like, you know, it'd be really helpful if you took the garbage out before it was overflowing. That would be nice. I tell my clients, you need to talk, have these conversations with your husbands, like when you feel like they're your friend. Like you yes. can touch them, when you can maybe cool. give them a hug. When you're cool. Yeah, when you're cool, yeah. that's when you have those conversations, yeah. not when you are feeling a lot of intense emotion about yes. them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not fun to have a conversation no. <laughs> with when I'm feeling overwhelmed. I will be the first to admit that. <laughs> yeah, so having that conversation with them, so that's inside the house, and then outside, figuring out, along with what do I need help with, what can I say no to? 
Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make lunch. The kids are going to buy from school. Yep. I'm not going to make dinner tonight. I'm going to get pizza and that's okay. Yeah. What can I say no to? If you, I joke with my clients, if you go into my closet, I have clean laundry in the bin. I just don't put it away. Fine. And, <laughs> and just pull yes. them out of there. I just pull right. them out of there. And like once a month, I'll put it away. So what yeah. can I say no to that's going to help me right now? Saying no is actually really fun. Yeah. If you can get if you can get comfortable with it, um, I find it's a luxury. I don't do it all the time. I don't abuse yeah. it. But there's nothing better than like a canceled plan or saying no to something. Like we've been saying no to a lot of birthday parties. Yeah. And that's controversial among some of my friends. But I'm like, we can't do it all. And it feels really good to say, no, thank you. I'm so happy for the invitation, but like, I'm not driving an hour on a Saturday to go do that. Yeah. And it feels like, oh, it got back some of my, my, my life. And that's the goal there. Cause you could have went to the birthday party, been overwhelmed more at like the end of your rope. Yeah. And then no one's happy. Right. And that goes back to asking yourself, what, who are we? What, what matters to us? We could go on I and know. on. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is the end of our road today. But thank you so much for being here. That's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. Wasn't that great? I'm telling you, I've already used that Ferris Bueller freeze in my kitchen with my kids and just taking that deep breath and dare I say, it's working. So thank you so much to my guest, Stephanie, and all of her great tips. Listen, if you like what you hear, I invite you to subscribe to the mom to mom with Maria Sansone podcast. We have an entire library of expert conversations with people like this who can help us get through the day-to-day -day with a little more ease. So I ask you to subscribe, download the episodes. It really is a lot, and it goes a long way here in the podcast space. So thank you so much for joining us, and good luck out there with your kids. I hope your pot doesn't boil over. <laughs> I'll see you next week right here on Mom to Mom. Mom.